Hi, and welcome to the newest podcast from Live Feisty Media. It's called If We Were Riding, and I'm Sarah Gross, and my co-host is Kelly O'Mara. Kelly just finished her first year as a pro triathlete, and she's writer, journalist, reporter. Kelly, what designation do you prefer? What do you do? That's yeah. what I always <laughs> at this pool. What do you actually do? What do you actually do? And I always, I used to tell them, living my best life. I'm living my best life. So Kelly, that was the very, very first intro of our very first episode back in uh, December, 2017. Do you feel like we've grown and improved and changed since then? I, could you answer the question now? What do you do? <laughs> I could not answer that question now. <laughs> my, okay, do we need to start? <laughs> could I go down that road? Let me just say quickly that my job changes like so fast every day that it's like I could not answer that question. But I, th- I was going to say, I listened to back to like a couple episodes as I was trying to go through some of them to see what my favorite clips were. And I actually think we got worse. We did for a little while. We got worse. Then we got better. We got better. I hope. Maybe, guys. I hope. You know what <laughs> happened actually is we became more like we changed. We became more like colloquial in the way that we talked to each other even more than before. So oh, I think man. we were because we came from like the other two podcasts we had done that were a little bit more. We were trying to be a little bit more professional. Per, so quote, we stopped trying unquote. to be professional. We're totally okay. professional, by the way. Okay. But we just like we actually became more if we were writing ish, like literally if we were writing how we would talk to each other. It's a brand. It's a style. I, I have to tell you, my friend who listens sometimes, hi, Olivia, oh, she's listening, who is also my editor at the NPR station, sometimes tells me, act like this is if we were writing. And I'm like, that's NPR. I can't be if we were writing on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> See, people like that. It was, okay, I, ha- I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but my inspiration for wanting to do this style of podcast came from that podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. And it's like, it's wild. It's wildly popular, like actually wildly popular. Not just how I always say (laughs) that. (laughs) Not just pretend wildly popular. And there's like two, like two women journalists who talk to each other, just sort of like, like we do. Yeah. They also wrote a book, Sarah, together. So I think that should be our next project after I, um, you know, crawl out from under this like new job thing. Oh my God. We should so write a book together. What would it be about? Triath- is triathlon not a topic on the table? I don't know. <laughs> I think it should be wider. I think it should be okay. like sports and feminism. Okay, so it's going to be about women and history and sports and history yeah. and all the things. The history, but like funny. Yeah, oh, we can do this. You know what? It actually should be titled All the Things. That should be the title. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, I'm so glad we came up with this right now in real time, too. We did not even plan these comments, <laughs> believe it or not. Because we're professionals. <laughs> okay. So I have to say I have a certain... Okay. This show, in my opinion, we've gone through all the episodes and we've looked for our favorites. And I'm going to title this show Classic Kelly Rants. <laughs> Because those were our favorite clips. Our favorite clips ended up just being like, we picked out our favorite clips and actually they did end up being like our, your, your most, I know you hate the word feisty, but they're your feistiest moments. Okay. So coming up on the show, classic Kelly rants. And then also we have a voicemail from Kelly's mom. Sarah, I hear they have noon endurance in Canada now. Oh, Canada, baby. Finally. I use the sport tabs, the basic tabs at CrossFit. Well, I use the Noon Endurance. Citrus mangoes, the way to go. And now you can try that too in, you know, up north. 
up here in Canada. You can order any of these or the rest tabs to help you sleep or the immunity tabs to fight off those bugs. And you can do that by using the code IRONWOMEN. I'm not saying that to you, Kelly. I'm saying this to the people at home. <laughs> the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And go check out their new community of women doing cool stuff at Newness, uh, their TV channel on YouTube. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so I don't know. I feel, I mean, this wasn't... My first ever classic Kelly rant. Well, there's two. There's actually too many for a recap show. Really, to be clear, let's just be clear. Let's just be clear, guys. It's just it's just too easy. We had to pick but, some. But this one is the one that prompted somebody then to to send us a voicemail complaining about how angry I sounded, and the entire rant was me complaining about men complaining about women. So, so we're gonna start with my rant about men's complaints yes, from episode forty two. <laughs> Kelly, you told me you had a bit of a gripe. You were watching the Kona coverage and a few things were coming up. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's a gripe as much as a like, this is bullshit, but whatever. It's fine. So if you're watching the Kona coverage, I made the, I was watching it on my phone, which means you see all the comments people are posting on Facebook as it's airing. I finally figured I could turn my phone horizontally and stop seeing comments. But before that, I was seeing all of them and they were like, there's also a button you can press, by the way. (laughs) Well. Anyway, but there was like a regular amount that were like, let's be honest. No one cares about the women's race. Oh my God. Why would you even want to see the person in 50th place? Though to be fair, like Daniela wasn't in 50th. She was in like 24, whatever. And then if women really want like their coverage, they should make it themselves. I was like, oh my God. But it's not like these things are unique. Afterwards, there was a whole slow twitch thread where some guy was like, well, women only make up 30% of the participants at Kona. So shouldn't Daniela only make 30% of the money? What the fuck, guys? (laughs) And I've been seeing many of these kinds of comments recently. There was a whole Mm -hmm. nother story that I put in the newsletter about like a woman breastfeeding at UTMB. And there had had been part of a whole article about how, you know, pregnancy systemic issues around like deferring when you are pregnant, your races and how we're making it harder for women to continue to race. And the whole article was filled. Like all the comments were men explaining to other men why like women complaining about this is just hurting women. And really they just need to like toughen up whatever. Right. Wow. It's all stupid. It's all stupid. But here are my problem with these, all these bullshit comments. Okay. First off, none of them are like new information. They're all coming into a debate that's been 30 years along, acting as if they're the first person to ever think of the fact that women make up less percentage of the racers at Kona and therefore should have less prize money. They are literally not even the first person to make that shitty argument. If they really genuinely are confused and want to have a debate, like, I don't know that it's on me at this point, you know, three decades into the discussion to inform them. I think if they really genuinely are curious about like gender pay gap and like why pregnancy deferrals are an important part of, you know, getting women to racing, they could go back and educate themselves. So I'm like a little tired of this. Well, you should just, you know, let me tell you my 17 points and you need to go look at this Ted talk. Like I don't, I don't need to hear your 17 points. They're the same points that have been made before. I don't know how much like I need to engage on this, right? Like I just feel like these people 
think they're the first person to ever come up with something and it's 2018 and you're fucking not. And if you really want to know what's been happening, you should go and, you know, listen to the people that have been working on this for decades and decades and decades, which is also what I do on topics I don't know anything about. Right. I'm not going to like show up and be like, here, I have an right. opinion about Native American land rights because I don't. I'm going to like listen to the people who have been working in this space like you're new to the party. Sit down and shut up. Right. Like that's my first problem. Honestly, I think I uh, I think I stand by all that. Yep. I don't think I have anything to change. No, it's true. Nope. Actually, it's like when you were saying that and I hadn't really seen some of the comments you were talking about and it, it's still kind of surprising to me that like men and, and the other that, that some that some men feel that yeah, don't hashtag all not all, all men, men we us, understand right? that not we understand all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> however it, it just like surprises me sometimes how the place where our sport is in some folks attitudes yeah so anyway i fully feel like i stand by that completely if anything i feel like everyone has come more along with me since then they have, you know what I'm saying? The universe has got as more come yeah. come with us now, agrees with me more. It's because you're ahead of your time, Kelly. I am so, in so many ways. Yeah. I know. If if people just started to like understand that, they could they would sit at your feet and listen. Um, <laughs> but it did prompt that rant did prompt a voicemail saying that, you know, like Kelly just sounds too angry. Like I agree, but you know, you're alienating people, which I also had thoughts about. So, so we followed that up. Yeah. In episode 43 with <laughs> Kelly's thoughts about that. Because I think our net point last week, and I'll repeat it because I feel like it didn't, didn't stick was that people's minds are not going to be changed in arguments online. They're not going to be changed in a podcast. They're going to be changed in like one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? In discussion, like, like he mentioned. And in a lot of instances, those discussions have to happen guy on guy. That there are many, many, many examples. And I think um, in his longer voicemail, he took issue with like a couple of my examples, but there are many examples of guys hating on women's sports, hating on like, why are there even women's sports? Why do we cover them? They shouldn't be paid as much. They're not as good, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like an ongoing problem. And clearly some of those guys, and sometimes it's women too, but let's be fair, like it's often guys are not going to listen to me. Like they're going to listen to other guys because the reality is, and this is the second part of what I feel like his gut level reaction is in this voicemail is that there are always going to be people for whom I sound too angry. I sound too shrill and they're just like, not going to take me seriously. And I think, I think on a certain level, he was having that gut reaction too. He was feeling like Kelly's just too mad. She's too angry. Maybe I said fuck too many times. And I think like that actually really gets down to how we view women's anger because there's more and more research. And I, I sent you like a text about that book that just came out called like good and bad recently mm -hmm. about the history of women's anger. There's more and more research about how we belittle and we look down on and we downplay and we diminish women's anger that like, Oh, she's too shrill. She's too like, we, we act like it's not mature, right? It's not like, Oh, they just need to be civil. They just need to have like, like if they just had like calm conversations, if they just asked politely for a seat at the table, like we'd be happy to get, which one like isn't realistic. Like throughout history, all social change has not happened because someone asked nicely to like be given their share. It's happened because people got angry and two, like women have asked nicely throughout history. Like, let's be real. Like they've asked, like, can we have our share of seats at the table? Can we have our share of like equal rights? And like, it hasn't happened. So like, don't act like this anger and frustration came out of nowhere because the reality is that right now women are angry. They are frustrated. And you can think that like, I'm just a bitch. Like I'm just too mad. I should be nicer, but 
I got so, so, so many responses after last week of women being like, yes, like, holy fuck. Yes. Like men listen to other men. It's so frustrating. Here's an example. Here's an example. Here's an example from my personal life of like how people won't listen to me. And I'm so angry about it. So you can like count me out. You can be like, oh, well, I just don't want to listen to this anymore. Like this isn't fair. This isn't like nice. This isn't like a discussion, but it's representative of like a huge portion of the population that feels angry and frustrated and like they're not being listened to. Okay. I think what I like best about that particular rant and the response to it is that is how many women you heard from who were saying they also felt like they hadn't, they weren't being listened to and they, that they felt like that was part of their, they weren't being listened to because they're women. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I've thought about this more since that, right. Cause you don't know why someone's not listening to you. Like, this is kind of like racism too, right? Like you don't know if you didn't, why you didn't get that job or why someone called the police on you, right? Like you don't know if it's because of your gender or your race or the way you talk or your clothes or some company, right? You don't know, but you're like, and so because you don't know it, it is this like insidious thing that eats at you, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What if you just knew? If you were just like, well, that person didn't hire me because I'm black, you'd be like, well, fuck that person. But because you don't know, you're like, am I imagining it? Am I not imagining it? So I think for a lot of women, it's like, oh, wait, no, like actually this happens to me all the time. If other women are also experiencing this, then I'm not imagining it. This is a real thing. Right. And that's why you get that moment of kind of like, once you start naming it, you being you, Kelly, the like floodgates kind of open and we get all start to get all those emails of like, oh yeah, I'm experiencing that too. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In life, though, I actually tend to just be like willfully blind to people. I'm like, no, everyone's going to listen to me. It's fine. <laughs> it's good. Don't even worry about it's it. It's part of your charm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then our, I feel like we had to, obviously. I think it's like both our favorite clips. It's the infamous, infamous swimsuit issue sports illustrated debate that really lasted like four episodes yeah so this is like it lasted four episodes but this particular clip is the first like the first instance and it and i didn't even realize we had started talking about the editor's letter like the letter from the editor of the sports illustrated swimsuit edition so it's super interesting to see where that started we have to talk swimsuit issues so sarah sarah has some very what was that? I was about to make funny. Very boring points to make here, guys. I think very standard <laughs> points. I think you okay. I think you glossed over. For some people, would see the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition as a demeaning sexualization of one group by another group, and you moved quickly to no real problem that you have no real problem with models in swimsuits. Which I don't like to be completely 100% fair. If women are choosing to make a living by modeling all kinds of things, because no one just is a swimsuit model, to be super clear. Why do you have a problem with that? Why do you hate women making money? Like I watched, and I said this in the newsletter, enough America's Next Top Model to appreciate that Tyra Banks is a businesswoman, right? She knows what she's doing. She like makes money. Modeling is a skill. It is a skill I do not have. Yes, it is a little, like it is somewhat about being attractive, but a lot of those people are not super more attractive before all the make, like before everything. So I have, I don't actually have a problem with models now. Okay. So, but now, yes, it's okay. I will let you finish. Go ahead. Does it have anything to do with sports or like, should we have models on our sports magazines in an effort to clearly denote that this is under the guise of, you know, heterosexual masculinity 
and sports are solely for heterosexual men and we are just like feeding up female models for them like obviously that is it's ridiculous like obviously it's ridiculous so i just don't care that. that much i don't know i know i can't like i don't care i don't like okay fair enough i read i did click through your i did click through to the um the swimsuit edition like the the editor's letter right so the right. whole reason i included it in the newsletter was because sides like yes obviously it is fundamentally sexist yes there are problems but the point that I was trying to make was that what's always interesting to me about the Swartz Illustrated Swimsuit issue is that it captures a moment in time really well. Because like over time, they've included like minority models before many other mainstream issues did. They included like plus size models before others, whatever. And right now, this moment in time, it's like clearly struggling with how to grapple with the Me Too movement with our like new recognition of women as people. And the editor's <laughs> letter, the editor's letter is the most hilarious example I've seen of someone right. literally like trying to wrestle this out as he like can't quite work through it right. on his own. And he can't yeah. quite work through it on his own because he has to he has to be able to he, he can get down the lines of okay we're going to have more diversity in our models and we're going to have I don't know what they consider plus, plus size models but more you know diversity of body types and minor include minority models and stuff like that okay fine but he's not willing to question or go over the line of heterosexual men are their main audience and he's not willing to like kind of say that 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 is the you know that that's well the i mean that's just that is the group. reality i've heard that sports illustrated makes like a huge portion i can't remember the exact numbers of its money off this one issue every year there's a huge number of subscribers that subscribe primarily for this issue so they can be like oh honey it just showed up i didn't buy it <laughs> um that's like true and so yeah. that's just the reality like it is it a large portion of their audience is still heterosexual men. Like, does that mean we need to exclude everyone else? Like, no, obviously not. Um, what I thought was so funny in his editor's letter was he was like, this is fun. It's a diversion, but also we're about empowerment. And then he like, so they had a whole spread this year. I'm assuming you didn't read it. So let me tell you about what they had in okay. the swimsuit issue. I did not read the swimsuit issue. So they Go had ahead. a whole spread of like where the models got to pick words to like put on themselves. And some of them were also like female athletes like Ali Raisman was in there and they picked their own words and then they were shot in black and white. And, uh, and then one of the models wrote this essay that, cause you, there's always interactive elements online to go with the photo shoots. <laughs> obviously, Sarah, if you've read <laughs> obviously. them, obviously. And so one of the models for this essay, that was all like, I'm a swimsuit model and a feminist deal with it. And you're like, okay, sure. Like, sure. Like, I, I, yeah. I, okay. I, I wasn't I not deal dealing with that. With that. Yeah. Yeah. So, this was the point, though, that the editor was really hung up on. And then he was like, women can be empowering even without their clothes on. Right. It was like the dichotomy of, okay, so I wrote down a quote. Like, he was like, that's what Sports Illustrated Swimsuit is all about. Colon. Empowerment and respect for self, but also respect for others, respect for beauty in all its forms. And right below it was a picture of Danielle Harrington in a swimsuit with her legs open. And so, like, Sarah, just, that's like, just a pose. It's like any on. pose. Why are you reading into it? Anyway, so the whole reason I wanted to pull out this conversation was just to say that we um, we're not ignoring the. Um, the, the fact that objectifying one group sexually may be offensive yeah. to some people, and, and it kind of is to me. 
It kind of is. I think that's very first wave feminism. I'm on like my fifth wave. It's fine. (laughs) Where I really hope that ultimately we get to this point. This is all going to come together in a second. We get to a point where keep the swimsuit issue. Like, I don't care. But also then cover female athletes. Like, keep podium girls, but also have women's races and podium guys, right? If we just lose podium girls and don't add women's races if we just like oh we have to get rid of the swimsuit issue because you know people are upset about it but then we don't like then women still only make up four percent of the athletes on sports illustrated covers then that's not like that's not a victory right like i feel like we're playing with bumper bowling where we like are like well you can't have nice things until you learn how to respect women and so we like take it like we're taking things away and i know what we're taking i understand that what we're taking away is the recognition of like women as people right i get that all right okay but like it feels like we're not we haven't like why don't we add things why don't we like make it if we're about fun why don't we also have like a male swimsuit issue right like we don't need to take away or yeah just like add yeah i okay i agree with you i think it's a little unrealistic but i can agree with that i think too that it's possible i think it's unrealistic to think people aren't going to want to see people in swimsuits <laughs> right that's that's not I, okay i think it's possible to say that i don't like it i'm offended by it i won't look at it i understand that there's a huge portion of the population that are offended by it and at the same time say to each their own like that if someone is experiencing being a model in that issue as empowering, I am not going to take that away from them. So I think I can like, I can hold both those things like, in, Oh, okay. You can just yeah. like the editor. See, he was trying to hold all those thoughts. That's, in his Yeah. Head he he was still time. missing a couple thoughts <laughs> to be fair. If you didn't read it in the newsletter, the sports illustrated editors, sports illustrated editors, swimsuit edition cover letter. You need to go read it because it really does encapsulate how much I feel like people are struggling to reconcile conflicting ideas at this moment in time. Yes. I will leave you with one interesting thought on the Sports Illustrated topic. Shoot. So when I was discussing this with people, I was like, well, it is like really messed up if more swimsuit models have been on the cover of Sports Illustrated than female athletes, right? Like that that's problematic. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked it up and there was this, like some researchers at some university counted all the covers a couple of years ago. And it's, it's just, it is four point something percent of covers, not counting the swimsuit issue, have female athletes on the cover. But before 1965, women made up 12.6% of covers. So it's gone down, which has more to do oh. with the mass commercialization of football and basketball than anything else. Okay. So it's more that the men's sports grew. Right. And became like money makers, And then you, you know, became the machines that they are today. Right. And so women like went to the wayside, but I think that's interesting. That is. That is an interesting factoid. Thank you. Okay. After listening to that earlier, what I wanted to say, Kelly, is that I feel like I felt like listening to it. I felt the same way that I felt when we recorded was that like, I didn't get to say any of my points. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, you're like, actually right now, like two years later, I would like to make all of my points. (laughs) It was really funny listening to it. I'm like, I remember how I felt. Because what's really funny is like you, you almost like you created a thing where like you assume, because right at the beginning of the clip and you're like, Sarah's about to make some boring points. I'm like, you don't know what points I'm about to make. And then the best part about it is that like you talked for like whatever that clip was, like eight minutes, right? (laughs) And then by the end of the eight minutes, I remember thinking, well, I think we need to move on here on the podcast. So I just like let it go. And then additionally, 
the reason I didn't return to it is because of all the people who responded like on one side or the other of my assumed position. Yeah, there are a lot of people agreeing with your agreeing points you never made. With the so there. That I never made, <laughs> including your mom, as I recall. Yeah. So that I found like hilarious. So would you like to clear the air now? Do you need to be like, oh, actually, I fully support the swimsuit issue, Sports Illustrated? <laughs> I don't actually like I don't hold any grudges here on this, uh-huh, on this uh-huh. particular situation. But I did think that that's why like this whole time I've been like, why? Why do people think this is a debate? Because I like, for the most part, agreed with all of Kelly's points. And now I realize <laughs> it's because it's because like whatever the counterpoint is, was assumed to be me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We just assumed you were going to make some boring argument. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's fine. This is this is the role I play on this podcast. I feel it's like <laughs> I just like. <laughs> I'm just drawing out the Kelly, you know? Oh, really? That's, I feel like we need a full-on Sarah rant, really, at Sarah, some point here. Sarah at some point. Okay. Sarah's rant out. would be like, okay, so there's a lot of gray area, and yeah. I understand that really there could be many sides. <laughs> and this is why you're the ranter, and I'm the bouncer-offer of ideas. Okay, so... Before we play my mom's final voicemail after the outro to, like, take us out, as you're thinking about, you know, your future with the podcast and future podcast hosts, are you going to audition people for their ranting abilities? Oh, for the, okay. I think that I do think that I wouldn't say ranting abilities. Okay. But one of the qualities, if you're thinking of auditioning for if you're writing, one of the qualities we're looking for is the ability to speak your mind. Okay. That's definitely super important. And like, because like no one can be Kelly, we're not trying to replace Kelly. Obviously like whatever the podcast, whatever the podcast continues to be, if it continues, we'll be, have a take on a different vibe. It will be like me riding, pretending quote unquote to ride bikes with (laughs) someone else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that someone else has to have like a little something, something little, I have some thoughts, a little zest, a little fight, some opinions. Yeah. So you know, so those are the requirements. Of, my mom has some opinions. She does. And after the break, we're going to hear one of them. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. And follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. Hey, well, if we were riding, aside from me gasping for breath and begging to stop for ice cream, if we were riding, I'd be telling you that change is good. I love new things. It's exciting. Now, it can be too much, I suppose. There is such a thing as too much. When Kelly was in second grade, what are you then, seven? When we moved to Chicago, Kelly was in second grade. We counted up that she had moved 17 times in her life, which, you know, might be a little much. 
Um, but I had started teaching. And after my second year of teaching, when I was starting my third year, my dad called to congratulate me on the longest I had ever been in one job. Yay! Woohoo! So, yeah, I like for things to change around. It's hard for me to stay in the same thing all the time. If you don't ever try new things, how do you ever get good at stuff? You only ever do what you've only ever done. Ugh, boring. So, change is good. Enjoy it. It's going to be fun. Okay, so, I mean, really, honestly, change is good is, like, fundamentally untrue, right? Like, change is not automatically good. I could list examples of change that is bad, right? Like, someone dies. That's a change. That's not good. (laughs) You get, like, terminally ill. You're arrested. All these are changes, yes? (laughs) Like, there are also changes of lesser degrees. Like, you start a terrible job. That's not, like, that's not good. You Ideally, you start good jobs. But, like, I just think fun. it's funny to me how much people in general, overappreciate change. When you're like, no, things are good, doing what I'm doing. People don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was on the phone with a friend of mine today. It's a total side point, right? And whenever, I've, I've had this a few times, and whenever I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Sticking over, you know, taking care of business today. It's like, are you okay? <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah. I'm fine. It's just things are normal. Nothing exciting happening. <laughs> I mean, for years, obviously, obviously now I have a new job that is not a bad job, guys, to be clear. Okay. It's a good job. It's good change. I'm just pointing out that there is bad change. And so for years though, when people be like, oh, are you still doing that writing thing? You were like, yep, still doing the thing I like to do. That's my job. Like, I don't know what to say to that. So yeah. So true. I have the, the ongoing theme of my life is like people not being able to figure out how I make money. Well, so yeah, I went from, like, I still don't know. I said, I went from like one thing being a pro athlete that people know how I make money to like, so when it's just like that constant concern, it's like, how are you? Are you eating? <laughs> like, are you, do they do the thing where they go, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Yes, they do. And what that means yeah. is, are you able to afford your bills? <laughs> like, are you, are you okay? It's yeah. amazing. Okay. The other thing, did you actually move 17 times before second grade? Oh yeah. We That's counted a at one true point. story. Yeah, yeah. Because my parents are of the belief that change is good. No, I'm kidding. No, it's because my parents were 19 when they had me. That's really why. So, But yeah, so I moved a lot. So moving does not really bother me in the same way, but it's also probably unhealthy. The amount that I'm like, oh, time to move. Better year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's move along. <laughs> but Triathlete Magazine, don't worry about that. She's going to stick with you. This is... <laughs> Hey, I haven't moved for like nine years, guys. So this is huge. No, she stuck with the podcast yeah. for two and a half years and, and exactly. would have hung on if, uh, if, if you let her have like a day off once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. I feel like I should have prepared some kind of speech, but I have not. Oh, that wasn't, we weren't just going to like trail out there. You wanted to end with something better. I wanted to end. Thank you, Kelly, for everything. Um, I know Aww. that so many people are going to miss you and the newsletter and the podcast. And uh, you've been a great voice for women in particular in triathlon. So thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Like, that was so nice. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're